Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. Good morning, church. Turn to your neighbour and say, it is a good morning. It is a good morning. You guys can... Fantastic. It is a very good morning, and again, if you're new here, uh, we welcome you. We love having guests with us, and we pray today that you just are extremely blessed um, and that you just walk away refreshed in Jesus' name, which is fantastic. Good things are happening today. At the end of today, the kids are going to come in because they're going to be giving as well. Um, They've been putting aside pocket money at home for the past few weeks. Um, and uh, Mrs. Ange, or what, are, what do they call her down there? Ange. Um, he was our kids, our kids leader. Um, she made little cups for them, or they got them little miracle offering cups, and every week they put some of their pocket money into that, and, and all the kids who don't have any cash today, we're going to give them some cash too so they can be a part of it. Um, so they all feel like they're a part of that family moment as a church, which is good. So today is going to be a fantastic day. We do want to welcome our podcast listeners. Uh, we have a lot of you and we really appreciate you from South Nara. We say hello. There you go. Um, so welcome to you as well. Uh, what a great sense of God's presence this morning. Um, thank you to the worship team. There was such a great anointing here this morning, and I just love it in worship. Just, I just love getting lost in the moment in worship. I love it when worship is happening and it's not uh, the chorus again. or It's more, I could just sit here all day. I could stand here all day and just enjoy that last song and as Jess just started to lead, just prophetically, just started to sing over the people. Um, what a great sense of God's presence. Um, our church is very blessed and we, um, we have so much blessing around us and often we can get used to that. Often we get used to the normal, but when you go maybe to um, other places, you realise how blessed you are here. And so we always want to take time to thank our Heavenly Father for His goodness thank him for his kindness and that as a church we are just very blessed um, by him and by the power of the Holy Spirit, which is fantastic. Why don't we pray and just ask God just to have his way this morning. Father, we just honour you in this place. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your love. Father God, we thank you that you're a good God. We thank you that you're a kind God. I, I thank you, Father, that the word says that it's your kindness that leads us to repentance. And this morning, we just declare that over this house, we declare that over our city, let your kindness come, let your presence be here. Father, I pray in this place, if anybody's struggling, I pray that you would encourage them. If anybody's heart is far from you, that you would draw them close. If anybody here is grieving, that you would comfort them. Father, I pray this morning that if people need breakthrough in this place, that you would just do above and beyond in the powerful name of Jesus. And everybody said... Amen. I've been hearing some great feedback about the message, the name of Jesus. Um, We're in Miracle Month and we spoke a couple of weeks ago about the power of the name of Jesus. And I've heard some great reports of people just saying, uh, and Christians, people have been Christians for a long time, saying that they were just so refreshed hearing about the power of the name. And remember that if you're ever in a place of need or you're ever doing anything, stop and just say, in the name of Jesus, in the authority of Jesus. Because when you stand in the name of Jesus, you stand in the authority of heaven. And we all have access to that in Jesus' name. Have you ever been hangry before? If you don't know what... If you don't know what hangry is, hangry is hungry, angry. Hungry, angry, also known as hangry, being married to a woman. I have learned that hanger is a real thing. 
It's true. And all the women said, amen, food's important, amen. <laughs> hey, we can all act self-righteous right now, but hey. But I also know that personally, I outdo my wife with hanger. I know that the men here might get a bit hangry sometimes. Is anybody, is anybody, anybody hangry right now? Yeah, a few hands are up in the air. A few people skip breakfast. What happens is when you're really hungry, the, your glucose levels drop in your body and it actually makes you hangry. Your body is saying you need to eat because food can affect your mood. I don't know if you knew that. So next time you're being a bit hangry, you can blame it on science and just say, I need to eat something. The hangriest person I know is Nat Curtis. Uh, yeah, this guy gets something to eat, that's why. Um, I've seen Nat just, I've seen him get grizzly at the best of times. If we have a board meeting, I'll make sure there's food in that meeting because <laughs> since losing all his weight, he just, he's just, he, when you were bigger, you were never hangry, but now you are a skinny man, you are a hangry man. If you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 6. We're going to speak about a crowd that was hangry. Um, a crowd that was hangry. So John chapter 6, verse 1. When you've got it, why don't you tell me you've got it? It says this. It says, Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. And verse 5 says, When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for all these people? He asked them only to test him, for he had already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, it would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon, Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five loaves, uh, small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will this go among many? And Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place and he sat down. They sat down, about 5,000 men were there. So you're probably talking about fifteen to 20,000 people, including women and children. Jesus then sat the lo- uh, took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed, uh, distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. Buffet, buffet fusion, Jesus style. <laughs> Maybe a bit better than that. He did the same with the fish, and when they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over, nothing... Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over for those who had eaten. After the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began saying, Surely this is a prophet who is to come into the world. I love this story. And um, in another book, it talks about how uh, when Jesus does the miracle of taking the bread and feeding, he done this miracle twice, by the way. Um, when he'd done this, in one of, one of them, it says the people hadn't eaten for three days. There were some hangry people around. And I know as someone who preaches, when you start getting towards lunchtime at the end of your sermon, people often start getting a bit grumpy in the service. Unless it's a really good service and then they can do over. But I tell you, if I preach till 12, I'll be getting some cross people. I'll be having people walking out to the chip maker out there helping themselves, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I love this story and I love what we see in this story. I love that there's so many elements of the heart of God in this story. And this morning as a church, I just want to talk around our miracle giving today. It's a once a year giving. It's something that we do and it's a very spiritual thing. Um, I did some fasting leading up to it. I know some other people have taken time leading up to today. 
It's more than just a fundraiser. It's more than just a practical thing. There is a spirit of breakthrough that occurs when we give. We have to understand that as people, we can be people who are so naturally minded that we're no heavenly good. We can also be so spiritual that we're no earthly good too. But if we can bring heaven to earth, if we can be naturally supernatural, can I hear an amen? You know, naturally supernatural, which I love that. I hear more and more, the more we speak about this, people saying to me, you know, this happened this week and it was just a normal moment for them, but there was a supernatural element. And so we have this moment today where we're actually stepping in prophetically to who we are called to be as a church. People have saved up today money to give to our miracle offering. People have taken time to pray and seek God and say, how can I be a part of what you're doing inside of Celebration Church? They are the pioneers among us. And I honour those people because you're amazing and you get it. And I just want to encourage you today that today isn't just we're going to give some cash, see you later. If that's our attitude, we miss out on the miracle. These people in this story were hungry. They were hungry for something more. They were hungry spiritually. They were following Jesus around. He had to get into a boat to get away from them. They often would follow him for days. They would stalk Jesus. They literally, he would have to hide away. They were so hungry for Jesus and for what he was doing that they would crush him at times. There was a hunger going on. And I love the fact that Jesus often would take time to meet their needs. I love how God meets our needs, amen. But he didn't just worry about the spiritual, he was thinking about the practical. He was thinking about the fact that food is actually a real thing and hey, what's better to eat than maybe some fish and chips on a hungry day? The world's best fish and chips. If you travel, especially to England, it's everywhere. The world's best fish and chips. Everyone claims it. And the thing is, though, is that we see the world's first fish and chips. And it comes from a child's faith. If you notice, I love this verse. In verse 6, it says, I think it's verse 6, it says, He asked them only to test them, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. So he turns to his disciples and he's like, Hey, how do we feed these people? And the adults in the room, I'm doing quotation marks for the podcast, the adults in the room, well, let's get our facts and figures out, let's work out, carry the decimal point. Oh, it's going to cost half a year's wages, Jesus. And If that, we're going to be lucky. But a young boy says, wait a second, Jesus, I don't have half a year's wages, I have my lunchbox. I have what my mama packed me. <laughs> I don't even have a job yet, Jesus. And, but take what I've got. Take what I've got. Any young people here, you don't need to be older physically for God to use you. You can be somebody God can use today if you just take what God's given you and give it to him. But what does the Bible say? It says that we must have childlike faith. And so as adults, over 18-year-olds here in particular, we have to be so careful we don't get old in our thinking. Our world becomes about bills and about mortgages and about all those things. But really, we have to understand that there is a supernatural element. Can I hear an amen? So when it comes to this story, the child steps up. Among us today, who has childlike faith when it comes to giving today. We have to understand something, that this child gives what he has to Jesus, and then what happens is a breakthrough moment occurs. He wasn't the richest guy in the room. He wasn't even the most qualified guy in the room. Jesus asked the disciples a question, and he tests them. I wonder how often God tests us. I wonder how often God tests you with your finance. Anyone here ever felt tested with your finance? I wonder how many times you blame the devil on hard financial times and maybe God's just trying to test our hearts. Whoa. 
That's a bit of a challenge. Maybe God's trying to find out where our priorities are sometimes. You know, I know for us, it's the, it's the times when you can't, you know, you're trying to find money to pay the bill and you think, oh, well, I'll just pay my tithe next week. <laughs> it's Christmas time, so maybe I'll skip, maybe I won't give my tithe. I'll just save it up and give it to the miracle offering. And what happens is we actually rob ourselves from the blessing that God has. When it comes to our finance, I want to encourage you that your finance actually carries weight. The world is run, the world, when I say the world, I mean the unsaved world, really, if you think about it, it's run by money. We exist, the world exists, to get more money, to get better things, to put it on social media, to get a better school education, to better get a better house, better car, better holiday, better job, better education for a better job. Those things aren't bad, but if they become our goal, we miss out on the blessing. Because do you know that your life isn't measured by what you accumulate? It's measured by what you give. When you stand there one day, or well, you won't be standing, when you one day um, at your funeral, people are speaking about you, they're not going to speak about what you accumulated. Have you ever noticed that at funerals? They speak about what you gave. They speak about how you impacted them. The measure of your and my life today is based on how much we've given. So if you want to measure a successful life, look at how much you've given away. Some of the most influential people in history were those who gave everything away. It's anti-culture though. Culture is let's accumulate as much as we can. On that point, I wonder if our church is measured by how much we give away. I wonder if our church isn't measured by how great and big our buildings are, but how much we give to impact the world for God's kingdom. I love the fact that our church is a church that exists for people outside our four walls. Some churches aren't like that. Some churches exist for themselves. I love that we have this code and we have a celebration code. If you're new, it's on our website. But it's, one of our codes is this. It says, we believe, oh, we are blessed to be a blessing. We believe in generosity. We believe we serve a good God that gives good gifts to us. And we believe we are blessed to bless others. I love that. I love that as a church family, we exist to bless others. In this story, we see this young boy and he says, Jesus, take what I have. And he had a simple faith and he had a simple heart. But that was enough for Jesus to say, let me do a miracle. And Jesus does this incredible miracle. And if you think about it, he refreshes 20,000 people. As a church, we're called to be a church is a well of refreshing this week, um, we had this made. And who likes our well here? It's good, hey? It's solid. It's solid. This represents our church. You know, the first message I spoke as a senior pastor here was 13 or so months ago, 14 months ago. What is it that you preach on your first message? I mean, it's a big message, Yeah. The church is waiting. What's he going to say today? The previous pastors were here for 31 years. It's a new season. What is this young guy going to say? Without needing to, a lot of people sit there and go, come on, prove it to me. Some people aren't like that. Some people are the opposite. Like they, all just, they just love it. And I thought that I could feel the pressure of it. I could feel, God, what is it that you, what is it you preach on? Like what is it, what do we do? And I just thought, what is it you've called us to be? And if you remember, we built a well up here and we spoke about how Celebration Church is called to be a well of refreshing. Uh, locally, nationally, globally, we're called to be a people that says, we're going to bless you. We're going to refresh you. We're going to take what God's given us as a church and we're going to give you a nice cold cup of water. This is what we are as a church and we have... We have this thing where this bucket represents you. The depths of this, 
Think about it. It's not just two, three foot, two foot. Think about it as a deep well. You know your story is a deep well. Your testimony is a deep well. Every time that you overcame, every time that you looked to God, every time that you were mistreated, every time that you felt forgotten but you still worshipped, every time that you didn't have enough but you believed for provision, every time that you looked to Him, you became a deeper well. Every time you were hurt and looked to Him for your healing, you became a deeper well. Every time God spoke to you in a message or at home in your quiet time, God was digging that well deeper. This house right now is full of wells. And let me just speak that over you again prophetically. Some of you think that your story isn't a well, it's a thing of shame. It's not. There's no shame in Christ. If anything, your mistake will become a scar that God can use to heal other people. There's no condemnation in Christ. So what happens is people interact with you in your life every day and you've got to picture yourself like this. I am a giant well and I am a deep well. I have a big, big testimony and a big story. And you reach into the depths of your heart when you share with others and you draw up, you draw up the things of God and you say, hey, wait a second, I've got something to give. Wait a second, I've got something to bless you with. And we take that and we give someone a refreshing cup of water. We are surrounded by people who just have, I'm just going to let that go down. Go down and get some more goodness down there. We are surrounded by people who are parched spiritually. Have you ever been really parched, really thirsty, where you get that gross white stuff around your mouth? Have you ever had that preacher who preaches for that white thing in his mouth? If I ever have that, I've told my wife, you come up here and you whisper in my ear. I will never focus in a service if you are up there with a white stringy thing in your mouth. Let me just have a drink for a second. Why don't you check your neighbor's mouth for a second? Just check. You see, that happens because you're thirsty. It happens because you need a drink. <laughs> I just love the fact that <laughs> people are still just so self-conscious right now. <laughs> the thing is this, is that we are called to go into the depths of the rivers of living water in us and then to give out of that to others. We will have people who will travel here from around the world to sit in this place. That moment in worship then when Jessica was just singing out, that moment, if that becomes our normal throughout our whole service, people will come. People are sick of dried out, white mouth churches. You're going to remember this one, aren't you? We can have perfect lights, we can have perfect everything, but unless the presence of God, unless the anointing of the Holy Spirit, unless the reality of his kingdom is here, we are just a great country club with good values. So we have to dig deep as a church. We have to come back to what we're good at. What are we the best at when it comes to our anointing, our grace? We're going to be a church that digs into the wells of the spirit of living water. Knowing that this year is a year of you and I gaining our confidence as a church. This is what we do. You know, today's offering is about that. It's us saying, we declare and we back it with finance. This is what we do. If you want to have a successful moment when it comes to giving, we have to look at a couple of quick things. The first thing is this. We have to ask ourselves, is our giving out of a place of love? Love, the, which is the motivator. Today, when we give, 
Are we giving because Pastor Benoit has said, come on, let's give? Or are we giving because in our heart we have a love for God and a love for those we're going to reach? And again, at the end of today, we're going to be talking about the areas this money is going towards, the main areas. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 1, If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or clanging cymbal. Love has to be our motivator. Why is it that I come here every week and spend time with you? It's not for the paycheck. Truthfully, I don't need the paycheck. It's because I love you. It's because I love God. It's because I love his church. This is why we do what we do. Love is the fuel in our tank. Without it, we're just a car that's broken down on the side of the road. So this morning, we have to ask ourselves, God, is our motivation love? And if so, there is power in love. Love never fails. Love brings change. Love brings breakthrough. Love brings healing. Love is what heaven is. Today, we have to understand that this offering that we're going to take, it's a holy moment. Again, it's not a nat- just a natural thing. It's a holy thing. Do you notice that Jesus was in church when the old lady gave her small offering? Do you notice it was a holy moment? The widow gave what she had, and it was so moving to Jesus that it stopped him and made him catch his breath. It made the Son of God catch his breath. He was amazed at her faith. He was amazed at her giving. She didn't give millions of dollars. You see, it's not about people today giving more money than the other person. It's about sacrifice, which we'll talk about in a second. The second thing is this. There's only three. The second thing is this. We have to understand that when we give an offering, it must be an offering of faith. We need to give with faith because we are sowing a seed of faith. Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith it's impossible to please God. This offering today isn't pleasing unless there's an element of faith with it. Well, how is there faith with giving? You give into something you don't yet see. You give into the future. Your thing is, yesterday my wife and I had a nice day at home. We had a nice Saturday. She made me breakfast and then she spent the day gardening, which is nice. We have a mandarin tree. We have a black blueberry tree. We have a strawberry, broccolini, passion fruit, parsley, avocado tree. We've got a little little orchid going, orchard, orchid. We have a little, uh, you know, it's great. So she spent all day out in the garden. Any gardeners in the house? Cool. Can you guys come out and help with the gardens here? That'll be fantastic. Um, anytime through the way, come out, just help. Um, but the thing is, is that we actually have to sow a seed for a return. In God's kingdom, it's no different. The Bible talks a lot about sowing and reaping. When we sow today, we're sowing into things we don't yet see. One of the things we're giving to is we're giving uh, part of the, a bit of the money is going towards um, Cambodia things. We're going to have that Gallagher share in a moment. We have um, giving going towards pastors around our nation, blessing churches around our nation. We're sowing into things we don't see you probably won't see most of that return, but in the spirit, there is a great return. Today we sow into things that we don't yet see. The third thing is this, final thing is this. When we give, we give from a place of sacrifice. It says this in 2 Samuel 24, verse 24. The king replied to uh, Ayanaura, now I insist... And he says, no, King David said, no, I insist on paying you for it. I will not sacrifice to the Lord my burnt offerings that cost me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen and paid 50 shekels of silver. You have to always remember this, church. This is the level when it comes to giving. We have our tithe. Tithe is, we believe, 10% is first fruits giving. We give that to God. It's not ours. Don't ever feel like I'm giving God, I'm doing it. Here's 10%. 
that is God's. He's given you 100%. We give back 10%. It's God's. It's not yours, so don't feel like you're doing him a favor. Hey, you're not even being, let me just say this. This is going to just mess with me. You're not even being generous. It's God's. Yeah? But when you give beyond that, you give an offering. Offering is something that is beyond your 10%. But how do you work out whether an offering is powerful? This is how you know. An offering is powerful when there is sacrifice involved. Charlie and I were chatting about how much to give today. We chatted about an amount, and then I thought, that is not going to hurt us sacrificially. Now, I'm not saying you want to hurt yourself, but I do want to feel like I'm giving a sacrifice. King David would not give a sacrifice unless it cost him something. Never offer to God. Why is it that the, the widow gave, and that's, that surprised Jesus, but everyone else gave, and he thought, yeah. Why is it the widows were so important? Because there was sacrifice. Money is a funny topic. People get upset with money. I don't really care. It's all good. I think money's part of what we do. And I think that the kingdom actually is a part of money, and money is part of the kingdom. Jesus speaks about money. The Word speaks about money. And when it comes to this, I want to encourage you to be someone who is passionate with your finance when it comes to the kingdom of God. Hear my heart on that? It's telling it for pastors. I got asked to preach at a church, um, and they said, here's the topic, money. And my heart was like, I could speak on anything else and feel like I could hit it out of the park, but money made me really, really press into God. And they got me in because it makes it easier for them because I'm the guest speaker. <laughs> so if they hate it, they're not going to blame the pastor, they'll blame the guest speaker. <laughs> kind of smart, I guess. So when it comes to today, I just want to encourage you that sacrifice has to be involved. Think about your giving right now. Think about this moment. And again, it's a holy moment. And you know, you know why you know it's holy? Because when Ananias and Sapphira gave, and they gave from a dishonest heart, what happened to them? You drop dead. You dead. They dead. Dead, dead. That's New Testament church. That's today. We have this moment of giving. Imagine if someone gave out of a heart. Okay, let's just think about this. is so funny. It's weird. God, come. Acts Church. You want the Acts Church? Come bring revival. 3,000 saved in a day. All this stuff. And then we have our offering. And someone comes up and they give an offering that isn't from an honest heart. And on the way out, they've dropped dead. And then the pastors, Peter, says, hey, hey, hosts. Hey, Mark Maharab, can you just go get their bodies and just go get rid of them? Please think about this with me. This is Acts, the book of Acts. You know why that happened, though? Because giving is always holy. This moment isn't a light moment. This moment isn't a moment of pastor and I. This is a moment between you and God. This isn't a moment to make you feel guilty. It isn't a moment to make you feel like you have to give. If you don't want to give, don't give. This is a moment for those who are willing and want to be a part of it. And if you're new here, don't feel like you have to be a part of this. Just if you want to, you can. But basically, we have to understand that God is moved by generosity. And when it comes to this moment of us today, I just believe it's a breakthrough moment. It's a breakthrough moment for the kingdom. It's a breakthrough moment for you. And it's a breakthrough moment for our church. It's a breakthrough moment for those we're going to be giving to. It's a breakthrough moment. Can I hear an amen? I just believe, and I'm just going to finish with this, and then I'll get back up here. I just believe, I believe that our church is going to be one of the most generous churches. Why do I say that? A, I sense the grace of God on us. And B, Charlie and I, that's us. We love generosity. One day we will buy people houses. 
We will. Like, it sounds crazy. Oh, what? You're crazy. Yeah, okay, face crazy. We will. You watch. Why? Because we sense the grace. And across our church, you're already an amazingly generous church, by the way. But I can't wait to see in the future what God does. Hey, Beck, come up here. Where's Beck Gallagher? Come up here for us. Let's give her a hand. Awesome. How are you? So this is the amazing, oh, this is the amazing Beck Gallagher. And Beck is incredible. She's a, she's a daughter of the house. That's what I call her. She was saved in our church. Uh, she used to get kicked out of youth every week because she would destroy the service. And then God got a hold of her. And now look at her. Um, great, great testament of God's goodness. Um, but our giving this year is going to um, a few areas. One of those areas, um, we want to support Beck. Now, Beck is involved with, what's the organisation's name? Esther's Voice. Esther's Voice. So Esther's Voice is? Uh, an anti-trafficking organisation. Yeah, so that's not trafficking out here. It's human trafficking. Yeah, yeah, cool. Uh, just to be clear. Um, yeah, so, so basically what we want to do is, um, Beck, is it every year you go to Cambodia? Oh, I've been four times. Four times to Cambodia. What does Esther's Voice specialise in? So they specialise in the aftercare of girls that have been rescued out of trafficking because 80% of girls that are rescued go back into trafficking because of the feelings of shame and self-doubt and not being worthy. So we teach them about their worth and that God has paid an incredible price for them and that he can get rid of the shame. So through doing this program last year when we did it, 100% of the girls that we did the program with are still out of trafficking now. Awesome, hey. We don't have a slide, do we, for, for this events? No. Oh, we do? Oh, there you go. Cool. Thanks, guys. Um, so I, I think that's incredible. I just really, and it takes a lot of courage to go into these areas. Um, and so th- this year, we're just thinking about, we wanna, always want to support in-house, and we wanted to su- support Beck. So a percentage of our giving today will go towards her upcoming trip, we're also going to support Beck by in, uh, was it no, November, October? October, we're going to be doing a Sunday night fundraiser for her um, and Esther's voice, um, where we're going to be showing a documentary um, about what they do and about um, the work basically they do to rescue, rescue uh, these girls. Um, so that's coming up, and that's going to be a night, just a, a night here. It's about $20 a ticket. And all proceeds would go towards that organisation, which would be great. Um, so, anything else you want to say? Thank you. Like, you guys, honestly, it's amazing and it's so encouraging. We have the best church ever. We really do. And every one of you, like, I know your hearts and I'm just so thankful for you and everything that you've been a part of. So, thank you and know that what you're sowing into is affecting generations. It's not just now. We're sowing seeds for the future generations and there's going to be a point we don't have to go back anymore because these girls will be rescued, set free, and they'll be delivering people and preaching the word of Jesus. Like, thank you and know that it's lasting beyond even our lifetime. Let's give her a hand. Amazing. Thanks, Beck. Awesome. Who, think that, who thinks that's a good idea? Yeah. Awesome. So that, 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 that fundraiser is going to be a great. We're just going to throw the weight of our church behind that. Um, and that's coming up again in October. We'll promote that, uh, which would be fantastic. The second area, uh, main area, where it's, and this is a concept. This is um, a, a financial, big financial one for us as a church. So but it's, we call it concept stage, depending on how much money we can raise or it's given. Um, but we actually want to create a safe outdoor area for our children. Um, so basically, at the moment, uh, when mums uh, drop their kids off, the team kind of, there's a car parked there right next to them, and it's not the best. Um, often we have to lock the kids in the rooms with the helpers, not by themselves. Like, um, so we have just a concept stage here with playground handball, soft fall, sandpit, uh, we, we started quoting this week uh, for different equipment and stuff like that. 
And so we would just really love to do that for our next generation. Um, create just a really great area. But if you know anything about um, that type of work over there, you've got, you know, uh, the ground is all asphalt. There's a lot of levelling, a lot of work that goes into that. It can be quite pricey. So we want to, if we can, uh, that's how one of our big faith things this year is just saying, God, in the next 12 months, we want to be able to do this for our young people, which is fantastic. Um, who thinks that's a good idea? Yeah. I think so too. Um, so that's going to be great. Um, and if you ever see our kids' workers, man, thank them for what they do. They're out here every week early and they're teaching our young people. You know, the highlight thing, one of the highlights of my week is every Sunday afternoon, I get a text off Ange uh, with, its, with the a testimony or the rundown of what's happening kids that day. And it is, I'm always there, normally the footy's on, Sunday afternoon footy, and I read that and it makes my day. And so we have incredible kids um, across there. The third thing that we really want to um, encourage and give to, and this is us being a, a resource for other people outside of our church, and this one I'm really just so looking forward to, to doing as well, is we're actually going to be giving to bless pastors across our nation. Why is this important? People might think a pastor is like any other profession. It's not. And being a pastor's kid, I've seen the cost of my family. I've seen the cost of many families. Um, I don't know if you know, but one of the statistics that came out was that 80% of adult children who are pastor's kids uh, ended up having to go get counselling for depression once adults because what their parents went through was so bad growing up, how the church treated their parents it messes the kids up. That's a pretty bad statistic. And so basically what we want to do is be a voice of God's kindness to pastors and their wives across our nation. So our heart is to find at least 100 churches. It's a very simple concept to find a nice local restaurant for them, um, nice winery, restaurant, whatever it might be, um, and, send, and send them a gift voucher for that along with a prophetic encouragement from our church. Charlie and I will prayerfully write that, handwritten, and we'll send it on behalf of you to remind them about the kindness of God, remind them that they're not forgotten and that God has their back. Let me just share some stats. Um, and if, uh, Mark, can you just get the kids to wait just for a second? And they'll come in. Actually, you come in, kids. Let's all say hi, kids. Hi, kids. Come in, come in. I think you're sitting down here maybe. Come in, come in. You guys are incredible. They're looking a bit confused, but that's okay. Come on, come in. <clears throat> there is an angel walking in. It's, it's Mrs. Ange. There you go. Ah. Welcome, guys. This is a family moment. We love having you here for this. <laughs> Let me just show you five quick, quick stats with you about pastors for you. This might shock you, but it's the reality of it. Fifty percent of pastors are so discouraged that they would leave the ministry if they could, but have no other way to make a living. Fifty percent of pastors. Just, just focus in for a second. The kids are cute, but focus in. Fifty percent of pastors would quit today if they could. Seventy percent of pastors, seventy percent, constantly fight depression. Think about this with me. Just focus in for a second. 70% of pastors fight depression. We have to look after our pastors. 90% of pastors report working between 55 and 75 hours per week. 55 and 75. Oh, you just prepare a sermon on Sunday, pastor. Yeah, not really the case. 80% believe ministry has had a negative impact on their families. 80%. 80%. Pretty crazy, hey? Would you do your job if you knew it was having a negative effect on your family? I mean, for the rest of your life. You probably wouldn't. And 80% of pastors feel underqualified or discouraged. 
in their role as pastors. 80% currently feel discouraged. Why is this church? Because if the enemy can strike the shepherds, the sheep will scatter. Just like in your family, if the enemy can strike the parents, the kids will scatter. So let's be a church that goes, we're going to raise a banner to make a change when 80% of pastors feel discouraged right now. Let's be the church that goes, we're going to stand up for you. Especially in the churches of 20, 30, 50 people. The Celebration Church is with you. We're in your corner. We have your back. Even when you feel alone, we've got you. He thinks that's a good thing to give to. Yeah? Awesome. You know, last thing. That's why it's important to look after our pastors. Pastor Joel, Pastor Alex, Nat and Kez, myself and Charlie, pray for us every day. Be kind to us. When we make mistakes, be gracious. If you have an issue, come and talk to us. Don't just leave. By doing so, you empower us to be the best pastors we can be and look after you the best we can. We're coming to our moment. Come, let's get the guys up. Let's get the, let's get the musos up. We're going to take a moment. you got those cards on your seat. Now, if you're giving online, you can write at the top, giving online. You can put your amount, but just make sure that you've written that. Um, because that way we won't process your giving. You can give online. You can give cash as well. Or you can actually put your details on there. Some people last year wanted to give over the whole year, monthly. If you want to do that, you can go for that as well. Um, But we're just going to take a moment right now. We're going to take a moment in Jesus' name. This is a holy moment, church. It's a between you and God moment. The kids are ready. They're ready to give. Are you ready, kids? Yeah, come on. Come on. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Can we get up that giving thing on the... Awesome. Thanks, guys. I'll just give you a moment just to prepare in your heart. I encourage you to sit there. Close your eyes. This is a moment for you between you and God. And then we're going to actually going to come up, and if you want to be a part of it, come up, and we're going to put it in the well. We're going to give into the well today. <clears throat> in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Charlie, why don't you come up here this moment? I'd encourage you, if you're giving on behalf of your family, do it as a family. Give as a family today. Have you noticed as a church we always talk about doing things as families? It's because we believe in the power of family. I think that's a good thing. Yeah. You excited? Yeah? Cool. Do you want to say anything? Beautiful. All right. Why don't you hold my hands? Yeah. All right, let's pray. Let's close our eyes. Thank you, Father God. Thank you for the breakthrough, Father. Thank you for your presence. Thank you that we have the ability and opportunity to give. A lot of countries struggle, but Lord, we're blessed in Australia to be able to impact others. So in this moment, Holy Spirit, we just thank you that you're here. We thank you that this is holy. And this morning, we just ask, Lord, that this offering would be a breakthrough moment for our church, for each individual, but also for our nation, for Cambodia, for the pastors. For their churches. We look to you, Holy Spirit. We thank you that you're here. We thank you that you're anointing us. Fresh oil right now has been poured out upon this church. Fresh anointing oil. Oil for the nations. In Jesus' name, we thank you. We commit this moment to you, Father. In Jesus' name. Hey, if you want to come and give, 
in your, in your time, come up and give. Kids, if you want to come up and give, you can come up and give in Jesus' name. Yes, Lord, we just pray that the giving today will bless your heart. We thank you, Lord, that we sow in faith and in love. We sow with a heart of sacrifice, knowing that when we sow, we will see a, a, a reaping of the harvest in Jesus' powerful name. Everybody said, Amen. hey, I just want to say a huge thank you for your openness today. Yeah. Thank you for your generous hearts. Thank you for making it easy for us yeah. as a church to speak about this stuff yeah. and just to be a church that isn't about theory, but it's about action. Yeah. Um, and I just believe God's blessing is going to flow. Yeah. I had a picture just then, just bring it down, but I had a picture just then. I just saw it when I was praying. I just saw it. I saw anointing oil, just anointing oil being poured out upon our church. And let's just stand up here. And I just feel like that that is a significant moment for our church. When when anointing oil in the Bible is poured over people, it's for a specific task, a specific moment. And I just believe just then as we just had hearts of giving and worship, that God was just like, okay, new level. It's now a new level. Like you've just graduated. It's time for a new level. And so we just are so thankful for that. Prophetically, we get it pretty right most of the time. So I'm just, I'm so excited about that. I'm so excited about what God's going to do with that. Um, We are going to leave the giving open for the next couple of weeks. Um, So if you feel God speaks to you, you can still give online or just write love offering or in the office here. Uh, What did I say? Yeah, it is a love offering, I guess. Miracle offering, uh, breakthrough offering if you like. Um, and also anyone who's away today, they can still be giving because, yeah. uh, um, you know, often half the church is away any given Sunday, statistically. So we just want to make sure people can still give when they're here next week. And that type of thing. Good. Who's blessed this morning? Yeah. Who feels blessed in your spirit? Yes. Who feels, I just feel blessed in my spirit. Yeah, yeah I do. Do you feel? Yeah. Oh, that's good. Are you hungry? Uh, good, good. Any hangry people in the house? Yeah, yeah. There's a few more hands that went up. All right, well, I better, yeah, we, better, we better go. So why don't you just, if you're here with your partner, why don't you hold their hand? If you're here uh, by yourself, you can put the hand on the person next to you, uh, hand on the shoulder of the person next to you. Hold the hand of someone you want to marry if you're single and they're single. Um, they're going to pray for you right now. We're going to bless you in Jesus' name. Awesome. All right, Father God, we thank you so much for our incredible church family. And right now we send them out with your blessing, with your protection. Holy Spirit, as we've just given, I pray um, for breakthrough, God, in every area of their lives, whether it's financially, with their family, with their work. Holy Spirit, that this week will continue to be a week of miracles. And so we just declare that in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.